Hello, and welcome to Media Mavens. This is episode 58. I'm Pam, and with me, as always, is Riley. Hello. Hey, Riley. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I've been decluttering, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have several boxes of stuff to donate. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always feels nice to get rid of things. Yes. <laughs> Although occasionally after I do that, I was like, oh, man, I wish I still had this thing. Mm, Yeah, I've definitely (laughs) done that a couple times. Yeah. Actually, today it happened. I wanted to watch uh, No Reservations again from Anthony Bourdain, and I was Mm. like, oh, I sold those DVDs for like 50 cents because I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're decluttering and having a good time with that because otherwise everything is awful yeah it is <laughs> ontario did a very disappointing and embarrassing <sighs> thing in our election mm-hmm. yesterday <sighs> and then anthony Bourdain died today so you know i've been kind of down today yeah um but that's okay now we're recording so that's a good thing <laughs> what have you been up to media wise uh, well, I've been watching a lot of stuff. Uh, so my boyfriend was gone like this whole week, mm-hmm. and I had like all these big like plans for myself. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a bunch of games <laughs> and I'm gonna do all this stuff. And then by the time I got home, I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm just gonna go and sit on the couch and watch Netflix or like sit in front of my computer and mindlessly scroll through Twitter while watching Netflix. Like it was just. I didn't do anything this week aside from, like, get rid of a bunch of stuff or get ready to get rid of a bunch of stuff. So one of the – I started watching a show called It's Dangerous Beyond the Blankets. And I think I might have talked about this show once before. Um, This is the second season that they have for it. And uh, it's a show – it's a Korean variety show. And what they do is they invite – uh celebrities on who are uh like i guess the term that they use for them is homebodies so like people that like to stay at home or would rather stay at home mm-hmm. on a friday night and do nothing <laughs> and i was like hmm sounds familiar <laughs> so they they get these guys it's all men um and they get them all together and like put them in a house where they stay over for like a couple days and then they go out and they do different activities in the region that they're in. Okay. And at first it's super awkward um, because they're all (laughs) like really bad at being social. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really, really awkward and they don't know like what to say to each other. And some of them are just like, okay, well, I'll go put my stuff in this room now. And then they don't come out of the room for like, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, relatable. Mm-hmm. But the later shows, like it's the same cast. They just rotate one or two people out mm-hmm. um, per episode. And it's the same cast. So eventually they start talking to each other and having like normal conversations (laughs) and feeling more comfortable around each other Uh um and the show gets like a lot more interesting as they start doing uh like different things so yeah that's been a pretty good show i've i've been enjoying it that's cool i love that name that's the perfect (laughs) yeah it's so good (laughs) yeah i can totally relate to that that's what i've been mostly doing just like get home get into bed (laughs) 
occasionally get up because the dog needs to go outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, last weekend was the weekend of me being disappointed by video games. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like had a bunch of games that I was really looking forward to, and I got a bonus at work. So I was like, I'm going to... You know, knock some games off my Steam wish list. So, <laughs> thank you. So, I got Pillars of Eternity 2, mm-hmm. which uh, Adam was talking about last time when we had him on. And mm-hmm. I really liked the game. Like, I love the sort of isometric computer role playing games. And I was digging it for the first like half an hour through character creation and things. <laughs> and then I got to the combat. And I remembered that rather than turn based combat, which is my preference, it's real time, possible combat. Oh, where like, you I mean, you can pause, but pausing and unpausing is kind of like kind of breaks up the flow of things. So if you're just sort of fighting an easy enemy, you just like left click it or right click it or whatever you do, and everyone in your party will just attack it. But like their attack time's really slow, so they just sort of stand there for a bit and then like swing their sword, and then they stand there for a bit and swing their sword. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't no. want to play this anymore. <laughs> so oh, no. so I got a refund for it because I'd only played like. <laughs> 40 minutes or something of it. I don't know. Maybe I'll pick it up again when it's not full price. Mm. And then I picked up another one that I had been really interested in called Into the Breach. And it is a game that's kind of like thematically a combination of um, Pacific Rim and uh, what's it called? The movie with Tom Cruise and... Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> and that. So you play, like, you control these mechs who have pilots and these, like, bad monsters are attacking all the cities. And if they damage too many buildings, the power grid will go down and you'll lose. So the game itself is kind of like a strategic chess game like the enemies telegraph like i'm going to attack this building right in front of me so you have a chance and a lot of attacks do knock back so you can like knock him back and like make him attack another enemy or make him attack nothing but it's also kind of like a roguelike so each map that you go to has like I don't know, I think there were seven or eight different battles in it, but there was only a set amount of power that you had for the whole map. So if at any point you ran out of power, it was just like game over, you have to start again, you can carry forward one of your mechs to your next playthrough, but it's still like that, other than that, you're you're not really saving any progress or anything. And I don't, I don't like that either. (laughs) So I also refunded that game. (laughs) (laughs) And then I decided to play Legend of Grimrock 2, which is like an old school 3D dungeon crawler, which I Mm -hmm. really like. Like there's this game called Lands of Lore, which is sort of one of my favorites of the genre. And I played Legend of Grimrock 1, and really liked it. But then Legend of Grimrock 2 is just like, it's very big. The map is sort of like hub based. So it's not like linear, go to this dungeon, go to that dungeon. It's like 
pick which dungeon you want to go to and you may be strong enough to fight the enemies there or you may not. And I was just like, nope, no, don't like that either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so last weekend was just uh, trying a bunch of things and deciding I didn't want to continue with them. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least you didn't like waste money on them. Like you mm-hmm. got, you could return them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legend of Grimrock Two. I I had bought a couple years ago, and I had actually oh, okay. done basically the same thing where I had played it for a few hours and then been like, "Ah, oh, this map is opened up too much. I don't like it." But I so I don't know why I thought it would be different this time around. But uh, it was <laughs> just hoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> uh, what else have you been up to? So I also started watching another Korean show. It's a Korean drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, uh, I guess like a lot of them are like romantic comedies, but also have like a serious side to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is called Rich Man, Poor Woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been it's been pretty good so far. Like I... The way that the website that I'm watching it on works is, I think I have four, I've watched like four episodes and then the next episode is available in like three days and then the next episode is available like a week after that. So I haven't made it all the way through, but this one is, um, so it's like, there's a, like a really young, like genius CEO Mm -hmm. who runs this like gaming slash tech company. Um, and he's, like, a huge asshole. Um, <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> like he's, yeah, he's just the worst. Um, and he also has um, the condition where you can't remember people's faces. Oh, okay. So he, uh, like, makes his way through the office basically by just, like, calling out people's names and they, like, come running because he doesn't, <laughs> like, he'll go up to somebody and start talking to them, but it's the wrong person. He's, like... Oh, and then he'll just, like, turn around and start talking to somebody else. (laughs) And they end up, I guess, you kind of follow, like, the main character. uh, Her name is Kim Bora. And you follow her throughout um, the show, pretty much. It's kind of, like, done from her point of view. And uh, she is really good at, like, memorizing facts and pretty much anything you put in front of her, she can like take the time and like memorize it perfectly Mm -hmm. um and she's looking for jobs so she uh this is like her 31st job interview is at this company and the ceo like comes down and does like a big speech and then starts asking people like okay so why did you come here did you come here for the hundred thousand dollar per year salary and then like a bunch of people stand up and he's like yeah be honest be honest like whatever and then he's like okay everybody that stood up you can leave uh and then i was like well it's kind of rude uh, because pay is kind of why i go places yeah (laughs) (laughs) and eventually he like it's like a big like um wouldn't wouldn't say it's like a it wasn't meant to be a group interview but that's kind of what it ended up turning into be Mm -hmm. and eventually he targets bora and he is like asking her questions and she's giving him answers based on like what she's memorized. Uh, and then he kind of like accuses her of not having any of her own thoughts and 
like just, you know, memorizing things and spreading them back out and like how that's a problem of the education system, blah, blah, blah. And then he like kicks her out too. Mm -hmm. And then eventually the show goes on and the CEO has like a project, like a government project that he wants to get funded where it's like this, I don't know, this weird like VI virtual reality tech where like a virtual servant like pops up out of your phone like and there's like a model of them and they you know can start talking to you and do stuff for you Mm -hmm. and so he takes he wants to take that to like the defense network or something uh the communications network uh, and like government funding and so he needs kimbo ra her memory to be able to like present this towards the committee and so they get tangled in this huge mess where people think she's an expert when she's only, like, just graduating from college. She doesn't actually know anything about, like, security, like, digital security and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So she, like, kind of, like, not really her, it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. Um, because the guy was like, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, pay you lots of money and you can do this. And then he, like, holds the job kind of over her head to make her do this. And then... I'm not much further into the into the season, but like you know, she gets found out by the vice governor person, mm-hmm. um, who is also a woman. Who is like, I thought you know, I thought we kind of like you know understood each other, like blah blah blah. And she was like, it was really nice to see a woman at the top of like the meeting group at the one point. She's like, but I realize now that you know they were just using you, like blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, no. <laughs> But, yeah, and then now she uh, is kind of still looking for jobs again, and the CEO is, like, trying to fix the big, you know, mistake that he made by lying to the government about this person (laughs) and giving her, like, all these security clearances, which, you know, that's his own problem to dig himself out of. But, yeah, so (laughs) I've been watching that show, too. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, What else for me? So... I played another game. Uh, One of the ones I was looking forward to most this year is Vampire Mm. by Dontnod, who made Life is Strange and Remember Me. Yeah. So I was initially kind of wary because I was reading the sort of early reviews and they were a little bit mediocre, like some reviewers that I watch were disappointed with it. Uh, It takes place in sort of England in like, I don't know, this period you just imagine Jack the Ripper being in, I guess. Sorry, I'm terrible oh, okay. at history. I don't know anything. Um, I don't know the name of it, but I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. Like uh, Sherlock Holmes kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you play a man who gets turned into a vampire. You don't know how. And he was a doctor who specialized in blood transfusions. So, you know, there's a little irony there and so (laughs) the spanish flu is sort of ravaging london and you get taken on by a man who's part of this brotherhood of scientists who has been studying vampires uh for years so there's multiple regions in london that you deal with so the so your home base is basically the hospital where you work and you can feed on people if you like but there's this whole like social web for every um every region so 
every you can talk to everyone get to know them there's all these little like side quests and mysteries to solve uh, by talking to people and finding items Mm. Uh, the more you learn about someone the more their xp their blood would be worth to you were you to choose to feed on them so it makes you question like okay you can get a whole bunch of xp if you just kill everyone (laughs) and drink their blood but then you also won't have very much to do because you'll have wiped out all these webs and sort of the people have these intersecting relationships so if you are to kill one person it might sort of knock out the quest from another person so it it's really got this cool kind of social thing that i really enjoy and then also the districts have a, a health level, so people get sick, and since you're a doctor, you can treat them. So you have to decide whether you want to treat people or feed on them or solve their problems. And if you sort of if you kill too many people, the district will like get into an awful state where eventually it will sort of descend into chaos, I'm assuming. Mm. I haven't had that happen yet. <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's really neat and everyone in the game has a cool story it is thankfully not one of those games who's just like we're in london there's no people of color uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm liking it the one sort of most criticized thing is the combat and mm. so far i'm finding it okay now that i have a few sort of special vampire combat abilities i'm not too upset about the combat like it's not my favorite part of the game but it's also not you know like i don't hate it or anything so uh, my biggest complaint is actually just that there's no humor at all like there's no like biting satire or jokes or anything like there's a couple of references here and there like there's a a plant you can water like you could in um life is strange but Mm. Yeah, that's my that's my biggest thing. I mean, I guess giving the setting and everything, it's not totally unexpected that the game be a little bit humorless, but I don't know. I like I like a little bit of levity occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, especially for like you know, like supernatural stuff where it's like come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm liking it so far. Cool. Uh what what else for you? Uh, I have been rewatching Supernatural <laughs> <laughs> because Zoopy is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was like talking about uh, episodes that she was going through, and I was like, "Oh no, I have to watch it again." <laughs> um. So yeah, so I've been I've been doing that when I can. I'm not like super far ahead. I think I'm only on like season three, two or three. But yeah, it's still good. Still holds up. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's been anything like glaringly, like gross and 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 weird that maybe I wouldn't have thought of in the past when I watched this. But you know, a couple years later, uh, nothing really stands out so far as being like really shitty. So that's good. I mean, the only thing really that I can, I mean, it's, I've only seen it the once up till season five is just like mm. the, we kill every woman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was reading, actually, I was reading, um, like the, a wiki article on one of the characters that shows up, uh, one of the women characters that shows up and she is like one of 
four women that appeared on the show and then appear again later and don't die. Ah. Like, there are, are <laughs> multiple, like, lots of lots of women that show up in, like, one episode and they show up later because they're, like, the target of mm-hmm. the monster that they're hunting this episode or something. So. Right. Yeah, so I was like, well, that's a dismaying stat. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's been really funny, like, watching somebody watch it uh, because Zufi hasn't seen it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, watching them go through and then, uh, like, talking about episodes and I'm like, oh, man, I remember that one. That was so good. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her opinions actually after she gets past season five because... Seasons one through five are, like, probably the tightest in narrative. And then, uh, like, after that, everything kind of just goes to shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where they go, like, all over the place with, like, you know, the huge, like, war in heaven and all of that bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, And then in contrast, I started watching, like, I watched one or two episodes of Buffy. Mm. Which, like... I loved in like middle school and high school, so I was kind of surprised that it really didn't hold my interest at oh, really? all. Now, yeah, so I think I think it's because of the format that it is in, because it's like it was filmed to be on like a square TV, like those oh. bubble, <laughs> the bubble TVs. Yeah, so it's... it looks it looks bad. Uh, <laughs> but maybe I'm not watching like I'm watching it on my computer monitor mm-hmm. so maybe if I actually watched it on TV it would look a little better but I was like who boy this mm-hmm. did not age very well so but I like I don't want to drop it I do want to keep watching Buffy because I'm like you know I yeah. love Buffy <laughs> yeah I don't I didn't watch that when it was on like I didn't actually start watching it until the series was over mm. and then I think I watched through the whole thing Yeah, I used to watch it with my mom. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm surprised she let me watch it. (laughs) Yeah, my mom and I would watch Xena. That was our our show. And also Melrose Place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I saw that it was on Netflix. And I have so many shows on Netflix that I've added to my to-watch list. But when it comes Mm. to actually starting something new, I'm just like, I don't know. I've been very, very indecisive and unwilling to to start yeah. anything new. Yeah, I feel like I've been, well, like, as evidenced by the different shows that I've been talking about this week, I've like, I've bounced all over the place between different shows that I've been watching lately. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's, like, like, just a product of how the media that we have now is consumed in, like, like big chunks but like i'm just i don't know jumping around like uh okay i've watched like three episodes of this but i could also go back and watch like two episodes of this mm-hmm. yeah uh, so i don't know <laughs> yeah what uh what else have you been doing uh, i went to the movies last weekend and i saw mm-hmm. deadpool 2 <gasps> yay did you like it i loved it yeah i loved it did you see it too <laughs> i did yeah. yeah okay yeah i <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I think it might have even been funnier <laughs> than the first one. Like, I laughed out loud in the theater <laughs> a lot. Like, even, like, right from the beginning, like, the first sort of 
sight gag that referenced Logan, I like uh, yeah. <laughs> snorted in the theater. <laughs> I liked Deadpool in it. I liked his sort of X-Force um, mm-hmm. collection of not very good superheroes <laughs> and all the references. I, I don't really get, get tired of the fourth wall breaking. Like that's yeah. still as amusing to me it's as it so was the good. first time. <laughs> Uh, the only issue, which again didn't make me not enjoy it, and this is a spoiler, sort of for something mm-hmm. that happens almost immediately, but it's another another movie about man pain over women dying. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, it's inescapable. It's just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought for sure that they weren't gonna go that route and then as soon as like like the storyline kind of flipped and it showed them like in their apartment and like you know let's start a family i was like oh she's dead (laughs) yeah there's no (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so i i don't know it's just like so hard to escape from it's one of those things where it's like it happening in a movie isn't like doesn't make it a bad movie doesn't make it you know not enjoyable but it's just like it happens so much and, like, especially after, like, all the research on my mother's video and everything, mm. it was just, like, can I get a break for, like, a month, maybe? Like, <laughs> can this not be the story? And I was really disappointed with, because the, the writers or the producers or whoever got interviewed and they were like, oh, we weren't aware of the fridging trope. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> really? Like, Deadpool, this super self-aware comic hero, you you weren't aware of that trope? Like, <laughs> But the movie was great. I liked, I liked all the characters in it. I do wish Vanessa mm-hmm. was in it a little bit more, but uh, it was hilarious, so... Yeah. Uh, anything else for you? Uh, the last thing that I've done is uh, I watched a playthrough of Detroit Become Human uh, because I don't intend to play it myself. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen so I've seen two two different kind of reactions. One is people who like have genuinely enjoyed the game and like this is like people that i that i don't follow on twitter <laughs> cuz i think the twitter side is one and then like the other people i interact with in real life are the other mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so the people who who i see regularly engaging in like criticism and stuff like that have a lot of problems with this game and then the people who who don't who maybe don't really you know not like not through a fault of their own, but like they just don't give enough thought to why some people might not be into this kind of game mm-hmm. or might be disappointed in in the roots that this game takes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like so the the playthrough that I watched um, was uh, actually Adam Adam Cobles. Okay, um, so he streamed it, and then I think it might actually be up on YouTube now, but it's. His playthrough, I think, is is very good um, because he he goes through and kind of like every every sci fi reference that there is, he knows w- what it is, and mm-hmm. he like he goes through and he's like, 
oh, this is a reference to this. And then he kind of looks like straight into the camera like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And then he had like lots of really good commentary on like what what he thought like the game was trying to get you to feel and trying to get you to do. And he he played, you have like three main playable uh, characters that you kind of follow the roots and make choices and stuff like that. Uh, he played them all like, I guess, true to the character. So one character <clears throat> is an android that hunts other androids. So he played that character like super straight and, you know, um, like I'm a machine, I hunt other machines kind of deal and didn't deviate from that at all. Mm-hmm. And then he played, I think the character's name is Marcus, who's like the Jesse Williams <laughs> um, mm-hmm. stand in who like, I guess, well, not really stand in, I guess it's actually him because they like acted this all out in like mocap. So he played the, that character whose name is Marcus and he played that character as like, you know, I am not a machine, I'm a, like, I'm a person, I, you know, I have feelings and thoughts and, you know, android oppression is wrong, and so you played it, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so you played it very much like, like that, Mm -hmm. um, and then the third character is, um, a woman character, and the android's name is Kara, um, and they're, I think this is, like, a a very David Cage thing, um, is there's a lot of, like, child abuse and uh, violence towards women in that storyline. Hmm. Um, and, uh, like, part of the thing with Kara's storyline is, like, oh, the only way that women androids can become more like actual people is if they become mothers. So... Hmm. That's an interesting and bad storyline for you. <laughs> but gosh, like I would say to 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 play it or to watch somebody play through it, like even actually Tanya, uh Cypher of Tear, mm-hmm. her her playthrough I think would be very good. I actually have been meaning to sit down and watch it myself, uh, because I wanna hear um her thoughts on it. And then uh, Yusuf Cole, who we've had on previously, also wrote an article for Polly? Waypoint. No, Waypoint. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's the wrong website. Um, But he wrote an article about it as well, which is also very good. So, yeah, I just, man, like, I feel like it could have been really good. But then it got handed to someone whose writing is, like, super heavy-handed and really really bad yeah (laughs) so it's just it's awful like it just takes all of this like real real struggles and and i don't know makes them into this terrible game (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's beautiful the game itself is beautiful and the technology that they used like it it looks like like a fun game to actually play and to look at, but it's just like the content of the game is just like mm. garbage. <laughs> yeah, I David Cage is such a weird guy. Like <laughs> he's he is, as you said, very heavy handed and like I don't know, like why do you need to use androids as like this stand in for racism mm-hmm. and oppression when like it's still happening everywhere. (laughs) Like, we don't need robots. Uh, Yeah, he's, I don't know. I've I've played a couple of his games. I played Indigo Prophecy, 
um, or Fahrenheit, depending on where you live, and uh, heavy rain. And I actually mm. enjoyed heavy rain. Like, I like that sort of choose your own adventure, lots of quick time events mm. game. But at the same time, yeah, it's just very heavy handed. The women are treated like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like in Heavy Rain, there's four characters you play, three characters you play, four, uh, three <laughs> men and one woman. And the woman you play, she's a journalist. She's like, the whole story is that, uh, there's a serial killer called the Origami Killer and he's taking kids and then sending their fathers or their parents these notes and like basically giving them an escalating series of dares being like Mm. how far are you gonna go to like save your child so creepy the main protagonist (laughs) ethan his child is taken and so he like he gets put in some very bad situations at one point he has to cut his finger off in order to get a clue about, like, the next clue about where his child is. But the one woman in the game, her her introduction is her in her apartment, in her underwear, getting chased around by intruders and then mm-hmm. murdered only to realize it was just a dream. We saw her have a shower and get chased around and murdered for nothing, just... Just as a sexy way to introduce her. Uh. (laughs) Uh, And then later it just goes on like she goes to investigate some guy who is not the killer. He's just another serial killer who like ties her to a table and you have to do a bunch of quick time events to get off the table or be murdered. It's just sort of like that active passive thing. Like the woman is always tied up. Uh and fighting yes. for her life whereas the man is usually like you have a choice do you want to fight this person do you want to cut off your finger like <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i haven't i don't know about about this one i might watch a let's play or something yeah i want to watch like a couple more because i want to see how people like some of the different endings for the different androids, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all right. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about, I actually need to get more wine before I talk about it because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> so the other thing I did. Uh, since we last recorded was watch season two of 13 reasons why. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Uh just warning, I'm I'm going to spoil the shit out of this, but it's Please okay do. because <laughs> you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> You're going to spare us from having yes. to watch it ourselves. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So the first season of Thirteen Reasons Why, if you're not aware, was is based on a book about a teenage girl who takes her own life and she sends out these 13 tapes to people talking about sort of the reasons why she did what she did. Uh, And the first season did cause a lot of controversy about sort of glorifying suicide. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel it did that if you got to the end of the season. Um, But I could see why like earlier Mm. That was the interpretation. But it's also, and we did talk to about this 
on yes. another episode. Uh, and everyone, I think Zufi was on that one, and everyone sort of agreed this did not need a second season. Mm-hmm. A second season was a bad idea, but they made a second season anyway. Uh, so the second season has to do with Hannah's parents, and they are suing the school board for basically ignoring their daughter's cries for help and Mm. not doing anything about bullying and the school and things like that. So the format of the show is that each one focuses on a different, usually student from the school who is being called to testify about the school and about Hannah. And at first it was just not that interesting um like the first season was at least pretty compelling but the second season started off kind of boring and then it sort of moved from boring into upsetting um Mm. i mean you always hear about when a woman accuses a man of sexual assault and basically she gets put on trial and so this is basically what happened here um they had people just calling up to talk about how Hannah wasn't an angel and she bullied people too. And um, Bryce, is that his name or is it some Brock? One of those. Bryce, I think. (laughs) Um, In the season one, he he rapes her. So Mm. they have him come up to testify and he testifies that they had been in a relationship previously, which was a total lie. Mm. So... My biggest, well, I have two biggest problems with this. They put Hannah back in the show. Like, the actress is in the show appearing to Clay, uh, who was sort of the focus of the first season, and sort of, like, hanging out with him, and it's really weird. That's weird. Yeah. So even though she's gone, she's still sort of there talking to Clay, seeing how everyone's affected, and it's very weird and i thought a very bad choice and then eventually after the first trial is over uh because one of the other threads running through the season is that bryce and the other a a bunch of the other guys on the baseball team had been like sexually assaulting a lot of girls including one from the first season she finally decides to come forward and say that he assaulted her So he gets put on trial, and then there's a second trial to convict him. And so after the trial, after all this work, trying to get all these women to come forward and finally doing it, um, he's found guilty and sentenced to three months of community service. (laughs) What? And Justin, who was the boyfriend of... um, Jessica, the girl who finally came forward to uh, to testify against Bryce, he tried to stop it. Maybe he didn't try to stop it hard enough. But he, since he's not a rich boy with a politician father, gets sentenced to six months community service <laughs> or probation or whatever it is. So it was just really upsetting and it kind of reminded me of... Now, these are obviously very different examples with very different, that were carried off to very different sort of abilities. But in Get Out, Mm. the original ending of Get Out had 
Daniel Kaluuya's character in jail. Like he at the end of the movie when when you see police sirens, it's actual police and they take him to jail. And the end is very hopeless. It's sort of much more um realistic, but mm. very, very hopeless. And the creators after screening it for audiences were just like, you know, the audiences were enjoying it so much and then it was like someone knocked the wind out of them like mm. after all of the black men who have been shot by police and having the police get no punishment at all like this isn't what people needed to see mm. so i just felt like that same type of care should have been taken in this situation where like you've here heard about i guess the most high profile one was the other guy brock the guy who um, raped an unconscious woman and got very little punishment for it. And after all that, like, sure, the fact that this rich white guy only got three months of community service is fairly realistic. It's, like, not not what the audience needed, you know? Mm, yeah. So like it doesn't feel good to watch that. Exactly. And the show has this whole, like, every, after every episode, it's like, if you need help, they're here are these, like, numbers you can call. Um, and it has, you know, all these specials about it where the cast and the producers are like, oh, we want to present this in this, you know, helpful kind of way. And it has this sort of, like, it gets better message. But the message in the actual text is like, it's shitty, it's going to stay shitty, no matter what you say, it might even get worse. So it's just like, I don't know, it feels very irresponsible. And it's just like, was depressing as fuck to yeah. watch this show. Uh, like their their message isn't isn't matching up with what they're saying. Yeah. That they want to convey. So it's like, mm, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And then after this like, very sort of depressing ending where these people have like stepped up and like put themselves out there to try to do the right thing and like nothing happens anyway then it just like the last episode just goes 100 percent into shock factor and a whole bunch of even worse things happen so it's bad and they're gonna make a season three now of course so it's a bad show after the first season i was like ah I don't know maybe the criticisms are a little too harsh but now i'm like no this is garbage why are you, why are you still making this <laughs> oh, <man. sighs> that's so shitty Ugh. Mm -hmm. yeah so sorry so don't watch it <laughs> yeah don't watch it sorry to be a downer uh, don't watch it uh yeah okay was there anything else for you <laughs> <laughs> no no that's, that's it all right Okay, that's all for me, too. I guess we can move on to listener questions. Okay. So the first question that we have actually came to us through email, which is, I think we've only had a few of those before. Mm -hmm. I'm always excited to get an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's from Debbie, and they ask, when you produce the podcast, is everyone in different locations? What software are you using to stream all the audio? Is there any post-production? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have streaming problems or background noise sometimes and have to re-record? So, so yeah. So, we, we record in our own 
home. So like I'm in my basement apartment recording right now and Pam is in her apartment recording right now. And then whoever we invite onto the show will be wherever they are. There's not really any practical way for us to <laughs> to get together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we we record separately. And we we use uh, Skype to talk to each other, and then we record using Audacity, which has worked out pretty well so far. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then post-production, I think I'll answer the streaming problems or background noise first. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we if, if first, if if you think that there is no background noise in in our podcast, that's because we're getting good at editing that out. Mm -hmm. I frequently have, because I'm in a basement apartment, I I have people like walking around above me. There's like footsteps in the summertime. Uh, sometimes uh, I think when I was in my the first apartment building, um, you could hear the air conditioner in the background. Um, now you can't hear that as much because uh, it's further away. <laughs> But I don't think we've had to re-record anything because of that. Like, I don't mm. think the audio has been so unrecoverable that... No, usually it's... We can edit out most things. Like, sometimes uh, guests who aren't as as used to recording audio, sometimes, you know, their audio will be a little problematic, either background noise or, like, the levels are weird, but we can usually just fix that. Mm. Um, and also, since we do do a lot of post-production, like, we'll just be like, oh, there's some noise right now. Let's just mm -hmm. wait a second before we continue talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that happens a lot, too. Yeah. Or we get really fast at using our mute buttons on our microphones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because I, you know, sometimes my dog will be walking around or, mm. like, she'll decide right when I sit down to record that she needs to eat all her food and drink <laughs> all of her water, which is right beside me. Uh, but, yeah, we, we've never had to re-record any of our audio. No. So it's just a lot of, a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I think it's gotten a bit faster. Like, you know, you can, you can... Like, use in Audacity, they have a noise reduction tool, and you can, like, use that on the entire track if you're feeling bold. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and you can, like, you can silence things. I I definitely clip less than I did before, where I think at the beginning when I was recording, I was cutting out a lot of the, like, what I'm doing right now, where I'm talking, like, with pauses and, <laughs> like, the natural way that I talk, because uh i i was adm admittedly i was worried that people like wouldn't take me seriously because i use a lot of those kind of interjections when i talk and then i realized um fuck them and also <laughs> it, <laughs> it takes way too long to edit everything out so i mean yeah <laughs> you have to kind of you have to balance like how 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 much effort you want to put into to how you sound versus like how much time you want to devote to it because we do this on weekends usually, and, you know, depending on what you're doing, it can take up a lot of time. And depending on the audio that you're dealing with, it, it also can take a lot of time. Especially if it's a longer 
episode. Like sometimes when we're recording and usually when it goes long, it's because we've got a lot to talk about. But at the (laughs) same time, whoever is editing that week (laughs) has this like thing in the back of their head where it's like, oh, God, this is going to take fucking forever to edit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I still do a fair bit of clipping of pauses and things. Mm. Uh, I really like when, and it happens with me or you or guests, and like the thought isn't coming out as it it is in your head. And like you can sometimes edit that together to make it sound like it is. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, and you sound so (laughs) smart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I also have noticed, though, that it's one of those things where you definitely judge yourself harder than Mm. other people. Like, I think, oh, man, I say um, so much. And also, it's harder to take out my ums than your ums. Because your ums are distinctive words, whereas my ums lead right into the next word. They do, actually. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass for editing. Yeah. So, but I've noticed, like, if I really listen to other podcasts from people who I consider to be very smart, and if I listen, I'm like, they say um a lot Mm. too. And if I wasn't specifically listening for it, I wouldn't even notice. So, yeah. yeah. But... (laughs) (laughs) There's a background look into some of of the stuff that we do. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I have that issue with editing all my stuff because I just like all of my words are like a single sound wave like there's no there's no (laughs) space between my words (laughs) (laughs) we should we should actually like put like a picture of like what my ums versus your ums look like (laughs) and then you can be like here this is what we look at when we're editing is like yeah i'm saying um and this is riley saying um yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so the next question is from polykill the polykill podcast Mm -hmm. and it is what do you want the next five-part netflix documentary you binge to be about Hmm. Um, I want more space stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Tell me more about space. Actually, I'd like a documentary on, like, the Curiosity rover, like, specifically that one. Because Hmm. it's still there and still, like, drilling holes in Mars. So cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, uh, what's his name? Commander? Hadfield? Yeah. Yeah. Something with him would be cool. Mm, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I always like true crime documentaries. Mm. Um, I don't know what specific crime I would want to see. The Manson murders would be a neat one mm. in like a twisted kind of way. <laughs> um, I know those have been talked about a lot, but not really anything super recent that I can think of. Mm. And I also really like mockumentaries i didn't love the the who did the dicks one but (laughs) i'm sorry what (laughs) (laughs) um what was it called there was a a netflix documentary about it was a mockumentary about a school and someone had drawn graffiti dicks on like all the teachers cars in the parking lot and so one of the students was 
making a documentary sort of trying to find out who did it. Everyone <laughs> sort of assumed it was this one kid who was always in trouble for something. And so the the question was always, who did the dicks? <laughs> Oh my god. I've never <laughs> heard of that. <laughs> Which um was funny for a bit, but it was like it lasted too long. I was like, okay, this joke is stopping <laughs> funny now. But uh Yeah. <laughs> alright, alright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our next question is from Jonathan Cellini. Who asks, what rumored or announced E3 game are you most excited about and why? This is hard. I'm so kind of <laughs> burnt out on E3 before it hasn't even it's happened. even happened. <laughs> I mean, what is rumored or announced? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to hear more about that new Fallout, even though it doesn't look like it's going to be my thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Sol- Soldier 76 Fallout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm interested in seeing more about The Last of Us 2. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not super excited. (laughs) Like, I I like, when it comes to E3, I like to get excited about an announcement I'm seeing right now. Not like, we're going to be talking about this. So. I I completely forgot about Anthem, the Bioware uh, game, Mm. I guess, with the people in the mech suits i don't know what it's going to be like at all so i'm kind of curious to see more information on that um and then i'm pretty sure they're going to talk about the next tomb raider game oh yeah because that's coming out in i think september soon yeah yeah so i want to see that i actually i was watching some clips i think on like facebook of all places (laughs) oh and like the devs were talking about like how she can climb differently like she like actually boulders properly and like goes under oh, ledges cool. and stuff and like can can do that now and i was like whoa that's no. cool hopefully i can climb everywhere i don't know I, i'm not super excited about this e3 yeah something like i'd i'd like them to talk about the new dragon age although i don't know if that's gonna happen mm. um, yeah E3 is like it it's frustrating because you see all these cool games and then you're like I guess I'll wait 2 years, 2 or 3 years until I can play them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. <laughs> and it's always like the big games that get the screen time. Yeah. It's I mean, I play my share of AAA releases, but you know, I'm more into the smaller games, like not necessarily indie, but like that middle space of games which don't really get a whole lot of stage time so Mm -hmm. hopefully something excites me during e3 yeah (laughs) (laughs) so the next question is from duco619 also known as retro nonsense do you see yourselves continuing to play modern games and consoles as you age or do you think you will eventually just play older games from your youth or young adult life just to add some clarity, if I was asked when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, what I'd be playing when I was 43, my answer wouldn't match up with what I'm playing and interested in now. Hmm. So, <laughs> maybe. No, no, I don't. It depends on the types of games that will be made, I guess, mm-hmm. in the future. Like, I can already the see future. myself. Yeah, the future. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) I can already see myself like gravitating away from games that take a long time to finish. Hmm. Um, Just because I feel like they they can't hold my attention as as well as I used to be able to do where I'm like, oh, I should get up and like do the laundry or I need to go to bed because I have to go to work tomorrow. Like that kind of thing where when I played games like that, that were longer, I had like weeks to do it because it was like Christmas break in university or like, you know, reading week where you don't actually do any studying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas now... It's like if you want to do that, you have to separate that playtime out into, like, chunks. Right. And then when that happens, sometimes you can get pulled away from what you were doing by, like, Netflix because it's right there on my fucking computer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I think it depends. And then it also depends, like, um, so, so for me... Um, one one of the side effects of medication that I take is potentially getting early arthritis. So mm. I won't be able to play if if I actually get early onset arthritis. Um, like I won't be able to play games that require like fast inputs, um, right? As well as I can now. So I don't know. I think it really depends. I don't know. I'd like to think that I would. Uh, but, you know, interests change and your ability to play games change. That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, different stuff. Yeah. Um, I think I can't see myself ever not playing modern games. Mm. Um, like, whether it's, you know, again, the, the big releases or the smaller indie games, I always feel like I'm going to want to keep... You know, seeing what's new, what's the latest thing, mm-hmm. while at the same time, I'll definitely still be dipping back into my favorites from when I was younger. But I don't, uh, I don't see myself ever stopping with modern games. Like I feel like I will always have a new generation of console, yeah, in my house to play on and a PC. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I misinterpreted that question a little bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, yeah, I mean, like, I would still buy the new games. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's so many types of games. I mean, a lot of people, or at least media publications, have been like, oh, the single player game is dying. It's all <laughs> going to be Fortnite from now on. And I don't really. I don't really believe that. If it no. were all Fortnite from now now on, then I probably would not play the modern games. But I don't. I don't think that's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, the next question is from the Doc Web, and he asks, "To what summer releases in any media are you most looking forward?" This is hard. I'm I'm <laughs> having more and more difficulty with the "What are you looking forward to?" <laughs> question. In anything, too. In anything, anything. yeah. Uh, Like, I'm sure there will be things that I will enjoy (laughs) in the future, but there's nothing like, oh, man, I can't wait for this. Uh, The new Jurassic Park, uh, Mm. no, Jurassic World Evolution that's coming out 
fairly soon. I think it's actually coming out next week, but only digital for some reason. And the physical isn't coming out until two or three weeks later, which is Mm. absurd, but I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not at all looking forward to the new Jurassic World movie because that (laughs) looks like garbage. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, that's so unfortunate. Uh, the, The Spyro... Remaster. Oh yeah! I think that's coming out in September. I'm pretty excited for that because I really loved the. I only played the first one, but I really loved it on PlayStation. And when I went back fairly recently to try and play it again, the camera controls were so bad because it released <laughs> before the DualShock controller released, yes. which meant that you have to use the, the bumpers yeah. to like control the camera which is awful (laughs) so i'm i'm looking forward to a properly controllable camera for that game yes that would be good uh i talked about this i think two weeks ago but the incredibles 2 Mm. comes out i think actually next week and then is there another marvel movie coming out the um what's his face ant-man yeah, so I mean, I'll probably go see that. I don't really know game-wise, like... I feel like I'm just kind of <laughs> picking things up as they're announced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, this is out today. I'm like, oh, shit, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking forward to. I'm Actually, what I'm looking forward to is just things being released on Netflix. So they're not mm. new things, <laughs> but they just haven't <laughs> been on Netflix yet. Like, the latest season of Grey's Anatomy... Or how is to get away yet? with murder. No, it's not out yet. <sighs> I don't know when it's coming out. I, I don't think the season is even finished on television. But I am looking forward to it coming on Netflix whenever it does. All right. The next question is also from the Doc Web. And it is, what genre of games that have faded from popularity do you wish people would start making again? I don't know. The only thing I could think of for this was shoot 'em ups like spaceship shooters like horizontally or vertically oh. scrolling shooters uh they are still they're on the ps4 being made yeah like there are some of them being made but the last few that i've played haven't really been what i'm looking for like when mm. i think of spaceship shooters it's more like the arcadey type of games like something really sort of simple not necessarily unchallenging but like in terms of story and things fairly simple whereas most of the stuff i've played recently like um cine mora or raiden 5 they've added they've tried to add a story to it and it's just like i don't want a story please make the screen stop talking to me and trying to tell me a story and just let me focus on avoiding these bullets that are shooting at me so yeah like sort of more more simple shoot 'em up games Mm. yeah i don't like for me like when did i start playing games like side scrollers and stuff but i don't really care for that hmm so yeah and it just seems like there's so many games that are coming out like i can't think of any genres that aren't covered in some way yeah like especially with the indie scene right yeah so i don't know 
Like even my answer a few years ago would have been computer role-playing games, but those have sort of made a resurgence. Mm. So let us know if you yeah, have a do genre. you have one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, are there some that you think are missing that you want to play now, Doc? Is that what this is about? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the last question that we have is also from the dog web. So thank you for submitting so many questions. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any games, movies, or books that you like to revisit on a regular basis over the years? Hmm. I mean, I guess some of my favorites. So one of the games I like to play over a couple of years is Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, mm-hmm. which is an awesome action horror role-playing game. Uh, some of the sort of like old point and click adventures, like The Secret of Monkey Island, I play that fairly often. Uh, what else? Some of my favorite movies are uh, L.A. Confidential and mm-hmm. The Labyrinth and Moulin Rouge. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Moulin Rouge. That's so good. Oh, and then love oh, to cry. Yes. Oh man, I remember I saw that in theaters, and I went oh, with like no. four guy friends. Oh. And at the end of the movie, I was just sobbing, and they're all just like looking at me, like, "What is wrong with you?" It's sad, you <laughs> heartless idiots. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how about you? Um, I uh, so for for books, I will go back and read. The entire Harry Potter series, uh, every once in a while. That's a a commitment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, my so the the hardcover copy that I have of the very first book is is falling apart now because I've read it so much. And and like and those those books have a pretty special place in my heart, even though I've since learned that their author is a shithead. Hmm. But. Uh, like we we would go like wait in line at chapters for like the midnight release of these books. <laughs> so. mm. I was working at at chapters for the midnight <laughs> release of the books. <laughs> so yeah, so I'll I those are books that I can go back and read like over and over again easily. What other? There's one other book, uh, the Phantom Tollbooth. Oh, that yeah, one, I love it. yeah, I'll go back and read that one again uh, every once in a while, and then um, games, uh, Mass Effect two, hmm. um, Dragon Age, definitely Dragon Age two. I feel like those two are both easily replayable, and and I have <laughs> replayed them <laughs> um, many times and like years apart even. So those ones absolutely. Um, and then movie wise i don't i feel like any i'm trying to think if there are something that i watch over and over again but it's more it's more like a seasonal thing now mm. where where like i'll watch like elf every christmas since it came out on like the frosted snowman like cartoon and the rudolph like claymation like all those things like i'll watch those every year but i don't know if that counts because that's like a tradition and not something that i just i'm like you know what i really like this so i'm gonna watch it again so yeah i think books are the one i'm least likely to 
go back to. Although I've been finding not something I sort of repeat play, but as I've been making my top 100 games list videos, Mm. there's been so many times where I was just like, oh, well, I have like these hundred other games on my backlog, but I should go back and play this again (laughs) because I've been reminded of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know, like, games are are weird because it's like, especially like, because for me, I think the only games that really count for, for that kind of thing are like, you know, games that you have played to the end and you kind of already know the ending, but you still want to go back and play them just because you love them so much. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, actually, I don't know where I was going with that. I mean, it doesn't count for something like, you know, Overwatch or... <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like a game that doesn't actually end. Yeah. Doesn't, to me, doesn't, shouldn't count for, for that. Because it's like, you you know, you go back to something and you play it, like, for yourself. Actually, maybe Zelda, the Ocarina of Time. Mm. That one I have definitely played multiple times with, like, you know a year or so between playthroughs so actually now that i'm thinking of shows uh sopranos i've watched many times mm. oh what else was i just saying i've actually watched gray's anatomy I many was gonna times say, that one even, definitely counts <laughs> even though i just watched it for the first time a few years ago so it's <laughs> it's it might even actually be a little bit of a problem but <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then The L Word is another one that I first watched when I was like, I don't know, 20. And then I watched it, I don't know, every few years since, as long as it appears on some kind of streaming service. Mm-hmm. And there, there's ones I would, like, I would love to watch Melrose Place again. And I've been wanting to watch Xena again. And I even have the whole se- the whole series of Xena on DVD. But <sighs> I'm like, ah. Uh, Putting discs in the system <laughs> and then switching discs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you could just be like lying in bed and just mm-hmm. like sitting there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So that is all our questions for this episode. Thank you so much to everyone who sent some in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley, where can people reach you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at. Clary with an underscore. It's K-A-L-E-R-I underscore. And you can reach me at Josiah underscore or visit my YouTube, which is called Cannot Be Tamed. And if you have any feedback or questions for us, you can reach out at MediaMavensCast at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at underscore MediaMavens. There's also a forum for discussion of any of our episodes at cartridgeclub.org. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.